You're listening to Pastor Terrence Richmond from LoveQuest International Church in Vancouver, BC. Say, you have no idea. Look at your neighbor with wide eyes and say, you have no idea who you sit next to. You have no idea. And then look at somebody else and say, you ain't seen nothing yet. Give them a finger, not the finger. Give them a finger. You ain't seen nothing yet. And if you really play a player, just give them the paint. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing. Exodus 2. Now Amram, a man of the house of Levi, the priestly tribe, went and took as his wife, Jochebed. Jochebed, Jochebed, a daughter of Levi. And the woman became pregnant and bore a son. And when she saw that he was exceedingly beautiful, she hid him three months. Say hid. Say hide me, Lord. Um, yeah. Yeah, she hid him. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark or a basket or a basket made of bulrushes or papyrus, making it watertight by daubing it with bitumen and pitch. Then she put the child in it and laid it among the rushes by the brink of the river Nile. I want you to I didn't I, I want you to put up Exodus chapter 1 for me. Amplify. <clears throat> Give you a little context. The reason I will go to scripture and take time to scripture cuz I want you to be a people who un, who know it for yourself. Cuz I've sat in front of many preachers, they tell me stuff and they can be telling truth, but when I'm away from the church, I don't it's just like some people who be quoting stuff and say it's in the Bible and it's not. It's just Christian like, like Christian slogans and stuff, and you just out there quoting stuff. <laughs> Go to verse, uh, I believe it is verse. Um, let's go to verse six. Then Joseph died and all his brothers in all that generation. But the descendants of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly what? Strong. We're not just looking for numbers in the house of God. We're looking for strong people, healthy people. And the land was full of them. He got to call them them. Who is them? Strong people. Vancouver needs to be full of what? Strong believers. Not just Christians, not just people who go to church and found their tribe, but strong believers who walk by faith and not by what? Sight. Who believe that God is a healing God. He's a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. But strong people that is going to stand for their city and not just let any old kind of demonic activity go on loosely without being contested. But the descendants of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly. Verse 8, 
Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not. You know, with new kings and with new leadership comes new principalities. So we, we can't be so focused on who's the next prime minister. We need to also understand the principalities and how darkness and rulers in high places are using that person that's in, in place. He said to his people, behold, the Israelites are too many. New king coming like uh, when, my, when my great granddaddy was uh, prime minister, it wasn't this many Christians in this city. Um, we got a problem. They rising. I don't know about that 110, 110 years ago, the church that was there 110 years ago, they, they wasn't worn like this church here in 2019. Something's different and something's got to change. And what you got to understand what principalities do is they gentrify, they do things, they change communities, they change the plots of lands, they tear down highways and start reconfiguring cities and they start bringing certain type of cities in, palm, I mean certain type of businesses, palm readings and, and hemp shops and all these different, you just think it's a weed shop on the corner, you just think it's, it's a palm reading shop, but you don't understand this is spiritual activity that is being set up strategically throughout cities to rule it and conquer it and keep it in bondage. That's why you just can't be a silent, quiet, old, complacent, scary, cowardice church. You can't hide in small groups. You got to actually get out, put on your weapon, your, 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 your armor, and go out and be the church in the marketplace. Everywhere you go, you let your light, your light shine. You say, are too many and too mighty for us, and they outnumber us both in people and in strength. See, you see, this, this is what the enemy don't want. The enemy doesn't mind you going to church. He doesn't mind this place packed from side to side, no room. He don't mind overflow rooms. If you ain't overflowing in the spirit, go on overflow in the overflow room. Go on have a big church. Go on be on Facebook and Instagram. Go on ahead. You are doing nothing but helping him out. Because the bigger you are, but the weaker, then you are causing more confusion in your city. We don't need to publicize a magnitude of people that, that waver in Jesus Christ. You, you don't need 5,000 people or even 400 people or 100 people talking about they love Jesus and Jesus is good, but they're just as depressed, they're just as broken, just as divorced, just as addicted to drugs, just as cussing, just as drunk as the people in the world who we supposed to be saving. Here comes a man in power and says, um, thank you. It's way too many of them. Too mighty for us, and they outnumber us both in people and in strength. See, we North American Christians, so we don't really understand it, but there's countries who are being controlled and oppressed right now because of their faith. And guess what they do? They'll go underground and still worship God. <laughs> right those are sons and daughters not just christians they like they take that thing for real right there's places where they will give them kids the bible and they got three months to learn it by heart and they have to get rid of the bible because they can't be caught with a bible so they get the bible in their heart you can't take that 
Here we go with a privilege to read the word. We can walk down the street with the Bible on our head. And we might be in a city where Christianity ain't. Well, well, I'm not going to say that, but there's other religions may be more popular or palatable. And we're afraid to talk the word to people when the people in the world talk the word every day, but don't look at it as the word. But they use biblical principles all day. All of these inspirational books we read, what principles do you think they're using? See, what the enemy wants you to do is lean on yourself and him for the principle, not lean on the Lord. See, because the word without the Holy Ghost has no power. Amen. He said, and they outnumber us both in people and in strength. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply more and should war befall us. They join our enemies, fight against us, and escape out of the land. See, this is where attack comes on your life because you're growing. The enemy is aware probably more than some of you are that you've come to the right place at the right time and got around the right people and you're going to be challenged and what challenge is going to do is going to increase your capacity and you're going to get strong and that's why the enemy wants to get you away from your trainers and your disciples and your leaders and your church home because why? You're growing in strength. And he says, fight against us and escape out of the land. The enemy don't want you to escape your old mindset. He wants you to stay full of pride. He wants you to stay full of fear. He wants you to remain independent in yourself. See, we need to capture them before they escape our grip. Amen. Verse 11. So they set over the Israelites' taskmaster to afflict and oppress them with increased burdens. Oh, how many people in here right now got increased burdens in stuff you really shouldn't be increasingly burdened about? But these, I'm, I'm just trying to point out some stuff, why the attack is so strong. We, see, if you notice, the attack always begins to push you away from where your strength is coming from. Whether it's a leader, whether it's a church, whether it doesn't matter. The repetition for all the years you stayed out the church, it's no wonder God brought you to a church that's increasing your repetition in the church. You, you got to be busy -er in the church because you spent so much time busy in you. Okay. Uh, and the Israelites built Pithom and Ramesses as store cities for Pharaoh. They setting up shop. But the more the Egyptians, this is just here go kingdom people right here. The more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more they multiplied and expanded. That's the real church. Oh, you gonna attack my family? We multiplying. We expanding. You wanna mess with my kids? You wanna hit my house with sickness? We gonna multiply. We gonna take some of your folks. We gonna take some of your disciples. We, you messing with us? We gonna go minister to Kanye and we gonna get him snatched up out of your horn and bring him into the kingdom of God. If you wanna know how to make the enemy mad, steal some folks from where he dealing with them. Just bagging out. He mad because you're becoming a threat. <laughs> the more we oppress them, the more they multiplied and expanded so that the Egyptians were vexed and alarmed because of the Israelites. And the Egyptians reduced the Israelites to severe slavery. Here you go, Troy. Here you go. 
When the enemy, Elder John, can't stop you, he'll then put you in slavery to social media, to your job, to your spouse, to your kids. Now what he does is you're too busy. So he's like, we can't stop them from growing, but what we could do is preoccupy them. So now you're a Christian, but you're non-effective because you're preoccupied. Let me, let me make you busy with life. Let me tell you something. I don't care how blessed your life is. If your life that's so blessed takes you from serving God, you are in slavery. There is no blessing from God that will pull you from his plan. The blessing of the Lord makes rich adds no sorrow to either you or God. <laughs> they, they, they made their lives bitter with hard service and mortar. You see, they're getting them working. Getting them working. Bricking. All kinds of work in the field. All their service was with harnish and severity. Uh, then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, of whom one was named Shipra, some names, and the other Pure. She was pure. When you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall, you see, trying to cut that bloodline off. You done made it this far, people. You can't let the enemy continue. You got you to gotta cut his work off in your bloodline. You shall kill him. And, but if it is a daughter, she shall what? Live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded, but let the male babies live. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and allowed the male children to live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women is giving birth too quick. <laughs> it's so much, this is too packed right here. See, this is the favor of the Lord that is accelerating your birthing of promise before the enemy gets too strong a grip on your life. And you're like, man, why are we serving? Why are we worship so much? Why? Because you, you give him birth before the enemy can really clamp down on you. <laughs> he say, Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They are vigorous and quickly delivered and quickly delivered. Their babies are born before the midwife. The babies, the promises are born before the enemy can come and put a hand on you and set you back. So God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because of the midwife, Pharaoh charged all his people saying, every son born to the Hebrews you shall cast into the river now, but every daughter you shall allow to live. So now he's trying to figure out another plan. Well, we, we just need to kill them. So every born, every, every, every baby, we need to throw in the river. This is for real, for real though. 
we are trying to cut, kill a generation. Now, they're not throwing babies in rivers, but um, this is likened to the crack 80s in the United States. I was very much a part of, as far as family. It hit my uncle. So you have a whole generation of moms and dads either selling or on crack cocaine, giving birth to crack babies. And you wanna know why there's an increase in homicides over the last 20 years. Because babies have grown up without their parents or a dad in jail, three strike rule. Babies have grown up with, sitting there with their mama strung out on drugs right next to them. And now they're dropping out of school in the eighth and seventh grade. That's where I'm from. The average dropout started at seventh, eighth grade. They're closing public schools. And you're expecting these kids who are seeing friends and parents die to not walk around with a gun, to, to, to not, not try to do whatever. They don't have an education to go work. They weren't born into a fair chance. But that's America. Let's start talking about the Aboriginal community here and how that community was oppressed. Stuffed into over there in Surrey and down here in East Van and just given up to. The enemy's trying to kill generations to stop the plan of God, which is generational. And here you are, a believer who's been called to bring restoration. We ain't got time to be playing around. Have fun, all that cool stuff. You ain't got time to be just a little casual Christian, just what time service? Cool, what time is over? All right, see y'all next Sunday. And then somehow your life plan is supposed to work when you show up to God like he an ATM machine. But you ain't put no deposits in. You ain't, you got insufficient funds. And that's why you always frustrated because you put that card in there and it re, all you get back is a receipt. Obey. <laughs> that's your balance. Obey. <laughs> he said, but every daughter you shall allow to live next. Now, now, now this is where we come into this story Abraham, I mean, Moses was supposed to be one that was put into the river for death. His mama hid him. I don't know about you. I know about me and I know about some of y'all stories, but you ain't supposed to be here. And some of you in here, the Lord says that you think that your life is so blessed that you wasn't here. You were popular, but God hid you in popularity. God hid you in people wanting to use you. And that's why he's called you to a season of humility. Because now he's about to expose you to the way that he wants you to be exposed. But he has hid every last one of us and protected us. Because I don't know about everybody in here, but from the time I came out of my mama's womb, I have not lived a perfect in God's will life. No? Every, anybody in here from the Pioneers born, you've been, you've been living God's perfect will. Raise your hand. Please, I want some of what you got. Okay, so if you have been living out of God's will for however long, how are you here? You literally lived a life in the enemy's hands. 
and he legally had an opportunity to kill you. Legally. I was, I was destructive. Not as destructive as some other, no, and to God, destructive is destructive. So how did God keep you when you were committing spiritual suicide every single day, choosing to? How? He hid you. <laughs> and he said, Abraham, I'm going to wrap you up. And she said, this one is mine's. God says, I want you to hide him. And some of y'all got grandmamas, even when your daddy and your mama was acting a fool, grandmama did what? Hid you. Showed you the love you needed, a pastor, a coach. Somebody came across your path and picked you up, adopted you. However God had to protect you, he got, adoption ain't a bad thing if it means you staying alive. If adoption's giving you another chance to live. He has been hiding you. And he hid you. And he took you out the hands of someone who can no longer protect you and rolled you down. And then somebody from a foreign country saw you and said, for some reason, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick this one and I'm going to protect it. This is the beautiful thing. Moses is pretty much left for dead. He went down the stream with a prayer, and then he's raised by the enemy's camp. He's raised by a people who he then has to deliver his real people from the people he was raised by. But if he wasn't raised by them, he wouldn't have been in the position, the wisdom, the knowledge to even know how to navigate through. So how many of your situations you think you was brought in, you was given a bad hand, but God put you in that family in that situation so you can bring some freedom to somebody else? You have no idea. You have no idea what I've been through. You have no idea. It is a part of God. He will use that dysfunctional family so you can go back and free a people from dysfunction. You can look at what you've been through as hell, as a bad card I was dealt, I don't have good relationship with my parents. But what is God trying to get out of that situation? He uses everything for our good. She kaboo. Yeah. Say, I have no idea. When I couldn't see, you kept me. When I couldn't swim, you kept me afloat. Man, you better see, Moses is a little baby, Troy. A little baby. He has no idea that he is being taken out of his mama's arms, put in a basket in a river of death. He is thrown in the, ooh, you better see this. He is thrown in the same river thousands of babies was thrown in to die. And he was the one that didn't die. God had a plan for him to live. Out of, out of all of your family, out of all of your friends, out of all of your peers, there's something God has kept you, put you in a basket, and kept you. Oh, man.
man, out of all, man, I have so many friends back home. I have one of my best friends in high school, didn't even make it past 17. Shot in his back with a 12-gauge shotgun. Boom, right in a store. 15 years old, carrying our friend to his death and watching the pain of his mama. Play baseball together, spent the night together. One mistake, going into the store, stealing something. Asian guy comes from the back, pow, teenage kid, dead. I stole many a times and didn't come nowhere near death as far as I could see. I messed around with young ladies. Have many of friends messed around. STDs, AIDS. Why not you? <laughs> I grew up in poverty. And there's levels of poverty. But for me and my family, it was a level of poverty. I was blessed though. I still ate, didn't miss one meal, had clothes on my back. My mom whooped the, my mom whooped me. She whooped me, she whooped me unnecessarily. Them was too many stripes. Banana stripes, all y'all healed in Jesus' name. I was taken to a foster home because it got too severe. I, 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 I had a dad. I watched my mom abuse. And there's friends and family. I went to jail and had favor and got out when I shouldn't have got out. Because someone spoke on my behalf because her, the, the lady who has a little say with the judge, had a conversation before the trial with my grandmama. And the woman began to testify with my grandmama about how her son got in trouble. My grandma began to start worshiping with her and began testifying to her. So when it came down, it wasn't no longer Terrence Richmond. It was that woman right there, her grandson. I've been in cars in very, very risky areas. Cars full of drugs. I've driven miles with five pounds of marijuana through four or five counties. <laughs> Didn't get stopped. Brought it in my house with my wife and, and my daughter. Why, why? And I got my dad who just got, who got three, who got some strikes and went to prison. I have friends who are in prison right now over silly, stupid stuff for ounce of weed. Y'all get it later. You think you're here because you're supposed to be and you've been a good citizen and you've paid your taxes and you've done all these good things and your bills on time and all you think that's why you're here. You ain't here for no other reason but the hand of God. And preserve your life. I've been in a car, I've been, man, I was, me and my buddy, he was, Kenneth Reed, 
You know, you, you see, you hang around some people, it don't matter how good you are, they trouble going to get you in trouble. Kenneth Reed, we went out to somewhere. He had a car. We went somewhere to Hayward, California, pulled in a, grocery, in a, in a, in a, in a liquor store. It was four of us. We was like, what are we doing? He was like, man, we about to go to my friend's house. You know when you, when you was going to have company, you had, you had to wait for your parents to leave when you was going to have company without your parents knowing. He's like, I'm waiting for and my friend. His parents coming. They about to leave. And so we sitting in the car. We thinking we just sat at the store waiting for time to pass. We go. He's like, he just, and we roll around the corner. He parked down the street. We get out the car. And we walk in. And he was like, oh, there his mom goes. She leaving. And I don't know, it's this, it's this car, and this lady getting out the car. She walking up to her stuff. Kenneth Reed, he breaks. He snatch her purse. He goes, run. And we run to the car. We're like, what you doing? Now, we far from home, so we all hop in the car. Anytime. Boop. Easy. For sure, the woman, he's the older Caucasian woman in a really nice neighborhood, four black men, for sure, getting some time. We driving down the highway, and we get away. Another time riding with Kenneth Reed, it's raining, you know. Everybody in here think they doing people favors by hanging out with them. You think you hung out with, you think you still hanging out with that person, and you, they said, no, 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 the Lord's holding you, okay? We hide with Kenneth Reed, and we come around this place, this little bend, and the car begins to spin out of control. Steering wheel just going like this, like this. Trucks coming, and we just spinning out of control. Lord talking. I keep, your mama keep telling you to stay out this car. So you need people in your life to, to, to tell you where not to go. You cannot listen to your leaders if you want to. He, nothing touched us. When the car stopped, we're facing oncoming traffic. Young. One years old. I pull stuff, pull, pull super hot grease off the stove. Third degree burn. There's so many things that have happened in my life where I should be either dead, in jail, crippled. And, and you think, you wonder why we raised in a house that learned to praise God? You know, you know what wrapped me up and kept me? Is somebody's worship. That's why I say, when I couldn't swim, you kept me afloat. Moses wasn't able to swim, but he was in water. But the Lord created something around him that allowed him to be protected, that allowed him to swim when he didn't have the ability to swim. When I was separated from protection, you protected me. He left his mama's arms and went down. Anything could have happened. You kept me when I should have been dead. What was supposed to kill me ended up serving me for good. I pray 
pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that one who began, the one who began, the one who began this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. Help you out. The one who began the work is committed to finish the work. And he's not just going to show up in the beginning and then show up at the end. He said, I am showing up through the process. I'm, I'm in the process. I'm in the plan. I'm in the strategy. I'm in the way. I am in the whole thing. That Moses had a divine intervention. He said, that is my chosen one. He is a prophet of the Most High. He will write the Torah for all humanity. And he will lead a people from one side of the Red Sea to the other. But, on the contrary, as the scripture says, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared, made, and keeps ready for, for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. Moses' mama did not understand who she was wrapping up, putting in the basket and shooting down the river. Some of you, your parents didn't know who they was adopting. They, they didn't know who they was taking care of when they really didn't want to take care of you. When they thought you was a mistake, when you was something conceived out of a party, out of a drunk night. They didn't know, but there was a little bit of something that God always made sure. When you were emotionally abused, he made sure he sent somebody in the right time to encourage you. You tried to commit suicide, but he didn't. You was too wrapped up. <laughs> you was too wrapped up. When you was depressed, you was too wrapped up. You might have been in the water with the rest of the dead babies, but the Lord made sure you was in something that made sure you was going to stay alive for purpose. Come on, somebody. Yet to us, God has unveiled. So, hey, I'm, I'm helping some people out. I'm going to help some people out. Ready? I'm help some people out. There's people in here really fighting right now. Some of you sit in service wondering, do I need to praise God or not? Because I'm not like them. <laughs> Let me hold my emotions together. Um, that's the same mentality that got you where you are. You think you know it all. You ain't in control. The Lord is. Nobody telling you to shout. I'm not even talking about any person's expression right now. What I'm talking about is the Lord is calling you out. Because what you're doing is if you're sitting there thinking about the emotion and the response, you're not receiving the life. Yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them by and through his spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound sounding. The Lord will give you, the Holy Spirit's job is to give you a frequency that you can understand the mysteries of the Lord. That's why it don't matter what you've been through. It don't matter what level of education you've been through. 
the Holy Spirit's job is to create a sound that you can understand. Holy Spirit, say this with me. Holy Spirit, break forth the unveiled. Break, break forth the unveiled. Some of you need to know who you are. There's a veil over your eyes and you are confused about who you really are. You are confused about purpose. You are confused about uh, who you really are, who you really was created to be. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to break through your intellect. Daniel 6, then the king commanded and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions because he was uncompromising. Here's another situation that the enemy's trying to control a son. The king said to Daniel, may, may your Lord whom you are serving continually deliver you. Hope he delivers you, but we legally have to put you in this den right now, Daniel. Hope he helps you out. Good luck. I'm not coming to church with you. I hope your God blesses you. <laughs> and, and a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. Extra security. Fortifying the plan for your destruction. Just like a stone was set against Jesus' tomb. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his Lord. Signet. He had a legal document that no one could touch that place. No one can change the sentence on Daniel. You ever, you ever, you ever face a battle that just keeps repeating? And maybe the battle is different but it taps into the same area of annoyance, the same area of weakness, the same area of frustration and anger. It keeps on, it comes a different way, it comes a different year, it comes a different time of the month, it comes through a different person, it comes through a different uh, uh, place, it, it just comes, but it keeps tapping into this same place. He says, make sure no one changed the assignment I have for their destruction, and that's what's happening is the enemy's plan is to kill, steal, and destroy you by any means necessary. And just because you come to church, just because you serve in the church, just because you're getting better, doesn't mean that the enemy won't preoccupy you intellectually with other things because the battlefield is in the mind. And instead of receiving the, 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 the liberty of the word, you are spending more time debating and reasoning and trying to argue and trying to wonder if it's true instead of receiving it as it's truth. When they bring you a steak and you say that you want it well done, you're going to receive it as well done. If you get on that plane, you're going to receive it as it's supposed to get to where it says it's going to go. So the same thing with truth. You got to have faith and you got to accept it for what it is. That there might be no change of purpose concerning that. You see, no change of purpose. From birth, the enemy, from birth to now, the enemy's plan is still the same. That's why you got to understand the Lord had a plan for you before birth. So you trying to live life after birth outside of the plan that God had for you before birth is ludicrous because the attack of the enemy is based on him knowing God's plan before you was formed in your mother's womb. So if he can keep you preoccupied with your own plans, he know your plans will fail. 
You wonder why I get excited? Because there's nothing more greater than being in the place of knowing you have finally tapped into God's plan before you was formed into your mother's womb. Why? Because that's where Psalm 91 is. That's where divine protection is. That's where divine increase is. That's where no matter how I feel, no matter what it looks like, sound like, smell like, when I have clicked into God's timing and His will, everything that I need is provided there. Right, right there. It's not, God, bring it over here. I want to be over here, God. Bring it over here. No, he said it's right there. I'm not moving because I'm not a man that I shall lie. I can't change what I've already arranged. <laughs> he say, he say, he say, then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. He passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music or dancing girls brought before him as custom. He like, no, no, I need, I'm, I'm going to fast. Look, look, look. And his sleep fled from him. Oh, trust me. There's some enemies. There's some people in your life that you think are against you that won't support you. But the Lord is troubling them with your face. The fact that they put their mouth on you lets you know they keep thinking about you. So don't be mad at me. Be mad at the Lord because he's the one putting me on your heart. And until you address me the way he needs you to address me, you won't be free from me. <laughs> he said he couldn't sleep. You locked me up and you're still thinking about me. Wouldn't you think you would be free once you got me in the place you want me? But the enemy is, you are a threat to the enemy's camp. And I heard Mike Todd preaching, uh, what was it, Hades Faith last week, where he's talking about hell going to know I was here. I love that intensity. Enemy. I ain't got time to be no battle rapper. I'm going to try to be a hardcore rapper and try to make folks respect me. But the enemy is, is you, you the enemy's buddy? No, when I leave this earth, I want the enemy to be like, whew. Glad we got him up out of here. <laughs> he said, then the king arose early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den and to Daniel, he cried out in a voice of anguish. He had revelation he shouldn't have been messing with him. Then king said to Daniel, oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, is your God whom you serve continually able to deliver you from, this can go any kind of way, but it's almost like he like, please, God, I hope you saved him because I'm just doing my job, but please. And that's some people, that's a sign to destroy you. They just like, I'm doing my job, but I really don't want to see you fall. To deliver you from the lions. Look what Daniel said to the king. Oh, king, live forever. God bless you. God bless you, king. I'm okay. I was okay when you put me in here. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths so that they have not hurt me. You have no idea of how many lions' mouths have been shut for God to protect me. The enemy got orders, but my God got some orders too. Yeah, because I was found, look, innocent and what? Blameless before him. And also before you, O king, you see this. 
God has this legal, this, this, this right, this legal obligation to protect you when you are found. That's why a son had to die. And this is what you got to waken up to. Even in your nastiness, you are found innocent in Jesus. As you very well know, I have done no harm or wrong. And that's why, man, if persecution coming and you know you're doing all you're supposed to do, you can sit in the, in the midst of the lions. But this is, he said, I shut the mouths, the lions' mouths. I want you to get this imagination. Come here, Dylan. I don't see him say he put shackles on the lion. I don't know about you. Lion mouth shut, but lion's still walking around me. You got to understand this. Just because the mouth, the lion's mouth is shut, doesn't mean fear's mouth is shut. See, fear killing us more than the teeth of the lion. But Daniel knew who he was. He said, I ain't did nothing. Count it all joy when you fall in to lion's den places. That don't mean count it all joy when you uh, uh, permissively sin and you make a choice to act a fool. Make a choice to pull your pants down talking about the devil is busy. No, your hands was busy. Yeah, that wasn't the devil. You went to buy that Hennessy. You went to buy that alcohol. You went to buy that, that you robbed the store. That was you. That wasn't the devil. See, and what you don't understand is you are covered by the blood. You are free from condemnation, but a life of sin will always open the door for the enemy to legally taunt you. This has nothing to do with God doing his part. His part, you are a New Testament believer, and by his stripes you are healed, you are whole. He sent his word to heal the disease. But you can't live a life of sin and disobedience and independence and pride and think that what has been purchased for you, you're going to get it. It's no different than if you live illegally on this earth, no matter how free everybody is in the country, you're going to be locked up. You have no idea. I'll close it with this. 2 Corinthians 10. For the one who boasts must boast in the Lord. The one who boasts shall boast in the what? Lord. Lord, I'm bursting with joy over what you have done for me. My lips are full of perpetual praise. I'm boasting of you, worship team. Come on up. And all your works, so let all who are discouraged take what? hearts I know there's another verse there we go join me everyone let's praise the Lord what together let's make him what famous let's make his name glorious to what all oh, next 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 
excuse me. This is what you got to tell your neighbor right quick. I know Elder John could do this very well. But excuse me for a minute. You have no idea of what God has done for me. So I want to, I want, now you don't have to. Trust me, promise you, promise you. If you're too cool, sit right in your seat. Okay? But you have no idea what God has done for me. And so I'm not going to leave, I'm not tripping off tonight. I'm going to give God a praise right now. Right? And so, excuse me for a minute. You have no idea. I want to hear turn it around. That's what he's done for me. Excuse me for a minute. You have no idea. What does the next verse say? I'm going to start praising him right now. But those that don't know scripture, those that don't know scripture, I'll just put some. Your servant killed both for the lion and the bear. Look what, look what David said. But turn it down. Look what David said. David reflected. The Lord pulled me out of the claw of the bear and the lion. Next verse. Now I keep going to the song. No song. And then go back, go back, go back. There we go. The one weapon we all do have is praise. And, and so for all the cool people, here we go. Look what it say. Look what 150 say. Let everyone everywhere join in the crescendo of ecstatic praise to Yahweh. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, okay, y'all gonna get it. Y'all gonna, God is moving where praise rises. Y'all gonna get it in a minute. Praise stirs up hope and faith. Y'all gonna get it in a minute. Praise aligns us with unveiled promises. Y'all get it in a minute. Praise unveils promises and mysteries. We're all out of time, but we're never out of word. Tune in to the next message from Pastor Terrence Richmond and visit our website, lovequestchurch.com.